Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now, now, now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. What's up, table fam? How we feeling? <laughs> All right. Okay, can we give it up for, I know um, Abby leads with us um, as well, and um, uh, I'm just giving it up for Jarian. I mean, I just loved his leadership uh, to be able to do that tonight, man. Thank you. I don't know if you can hear me, Jarian. I uh, love, love your leadership, man. Um, but hey, um, if we have not had a chance to meet, my name is Isaac. I'm the young adult pastor here at First Orlando and part of our leadership team um, and uh, part of our team here at the table. And we're back in our series, Sermon on the Mount. Um, and have you guys ever seen a trick shot video? few. Okay, does anybody go out? Probably not, but does anybody go out and like intentionally try to seek out trick shot videos? Okay, I, I normally don't. Um, I just, I love when they come across my feed, but my favorite part of trick shot videos is the reaction. The reaction whenever they finally got it, like who knows like how many tries um, that it took, but actually have, I did come across this one. I found this trick shot video, and disclaimer, if you've seen this before, don't say anything, but here's a trick shot video that uh, from somebody that you may know, Steph Curry on the Golden State Warriors, greatest shooter of all time. Um, he's about to nail some full court shots. Let's take a look. Five full court shots in a row. That's incredible. And then I found out it's fake. It's fake. So the war, so this went like the, it went crazy. Like LeBron's commenting on this, and other people are commenting on this. No, no, it turns out it's fake. Like the Warriors, had, like they did a promotion for something. I don't know why they did this and created this fake video. But the Warriors organization, this is just a few months ago. They had to come out and say, "Hey, y'all, look. We all know that Steph Curry could probably do this, but he didn't actually do this. Like this is fake." And here is what I felt whenever I discovered, and maybe how you feel when you discover somebody just nail five uh, shots in a row, is this manipulation. I felt manipulated, right? You see somebody on this trick shot, like you, you want them to do well, and we just feel incredibly manipulated and manipulation. And this is exactly what we're talking about tonight, um, is manipulation. Now, when it comes to manipulation, um, so for me, so I grew up very sheltered. I grew up with, um, like in a very, in, in a, a kind of a strict conservative household that protected me from the dangers of this world. So because of that, like I just grew up really naive, Anybody else grow just a little sheltered, a little naive, a few of us? Yep. To where I just believe the best in people. I'm a little like, oh, like um, overly trusting, like toward people generally in that way. So I know that I have been manipulated before in my life, but I don't really know when it's happening until like way later. And I was like, and typically somebody else brings it up to my attention. It's like, Isaac, you know you were being manipulated? And I was like, really? No, they wouldn't do that. And somebody who did not grow up like me, somebody who grew up a little more street smart, who kind of had to figure out the hard way not to be so easily manipulated, was like, no, Isaac, they were definitely taking advantage of you. I'm like, oh, Oh, okay. And I know like for, for us in the room, for some of us, we, like me, you grew up just a little more naive and trusting, or maybe for some of us, you grew up a little more uh, scrappy, a little more street smart, a little more like school of hard knocks, a little more how to learn the hard way, not to be so trusting, to not be taken advantage of, or to not um, be manipulated against. But regardless of how you grew up, um, manipulation is around us just all the time. We live in a culture of manipulation. We live in a culture where manipulation is just part of the DNA of the, of the culture uh, all around us. So as Christians, how do we navigate a world filled with manipulation? 
That's what we're talking about tonight. As Christians, how do we navigate a world filled with manipulation? And Jesus, in his greatest, uh, in his greatest sermon of all time, Sermon on the Mount, which we're talking about tonight, um, he's going to tell his followers, he's going to tell his disciples, and he's going to tell the people learning how to think like Jesus and how to do like Jesus. He's going to learn how to navigate manipulation. And as Jesus is teaching his disciples, Jesus is also teaching us on how do we navigate a world filled with with manipulation. So let's jump in. In Matthew chapter 5, where he says this in verse 33, um, again, you have heard it, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. And as he's talking about swearing, he's not talking about like foul language. He's not talking about cuss words. He's not talking about um, coarse language. Um, he's talking about swearing in the, the way that we would use, the same way that we would use the word swear, but like as a promise, you know, like, hey, I swear to you, or like, hey, I swear to God, right? As you're trying to like, hey, no, I'm, I'm being serious right now. This is what Jesus is referring to here, where he's saying, hey, look, um, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. So this, he's, he's referencing kind of a combination of, the, of the, a common narrative at that time, which at its, at its inception was an Old, Old Testament command, which maybe you're familiar with if you grew up in church, is don't take the Lord's name in vain. You guys heard that? Okay, so what does that mean? That means don't use the name of God to bolster your credibility. That's basically, that's basically what it means. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Don't use the name of God to prove that what you're saying is true because you're misusing the name of God um, in that way, right? So don't, like, you know, I swear to God, you say, hey, don't say that. Hey, like, or on God, some of the ways that we say it now. Jesus is saying, hey, don't say that. Um, so he, so, but the Pharisees, they knew that. They knew that to be true. So here's how they responded because they knew taking the Lord's name, like the actual name of God in vain, but here's what they did to prove or bolster their credibility or their, their worthiness or their truthfulness. In verse 34, where they say, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all. He's saying, hey, don't, don't, um, uh, don't make promises. Don't swear at all, either by heaven for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of a great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. So the Pharisees were smart. So here's what they said. Okay, well, if I can't take God's name in vain, here's what I'll do. I'll just take other things and use other things and swear on other things so people know that I'm telling the truth. So I'm going to swear on heaven, and I'm going to swear on earth, and I'm going to swear on the throne, and I'm going to swear on my head, and I'm going to swear on all these things, because whenever I swear on these things, it would be the equivalent today of like, man, I'm swearing on my grandmother's grave. Same equivalent. Man, I'm swearing on my children. It's the equivalent, where we just take things, and we just use these things that are valuable in one sense, and we use that to prove that what we're saying is true. Here's the problem with that. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. Here's the problem with that. When we start doing that, here's what we're saying. We're basically saying, hey, look, sometimes I'm telling the truth, sometimes I'm being honest, and sometimes I'm not. And you don't know when I'm being honest and when I'm not being honest, but you do know whenever I swear on something, then you know for sure I'm being honest. But if I'm not swearing on something, then you don't really know. We basically undermine our, our, uh, our, our, our trustworthiness, our, our credibility uh, whenever we do that. Because it communicates, hey, sometimes I'm honest and sometimes I'm not. Man, I remember, did you guys ever do this as kids? Um, like cross your finger behind your back when you want to tell a lie? Yeah. I did that, used to do that all the time because I wasn't allowed to lie, but it didn't count if you have your fingers crossed. 
right? So you would just say whatever you want, but as long as your fingers are crossed behind your back, like you can just say whatever you want, and then if anybody catches you being dishonest, you can just say, ha, 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 well, I had my fingers crossed. It doesn't matter. That's exactly what's going on here. It's basically saying, hey, look, whenever we're swearing, it's the equivalent of not having our fingers behind our back. And whenever we are swearing, it's like saying, hey, look, my fingers are good. I'm good. And it just sometimes, and it just creates this instability within us where people, we're not honest people because we don't know, because we have to prove whenever we're actually being honest um, by swearing on stuff. And this is exactly what the Pharisees were doing, right? Because they would come up with loopholes. They would come up with fake rules. So our version of the fake rules, kids, was fingers behind your back. The, the Pharisees' version of a fake rule for when they're for sure telling the truth are just to swear on things, just to prove their credibility and trustworthiness, right? And this is what people living outside of the kingdom of God do, is that sometimes we're honest and sometimes we're not. People outside of the kingdom of God live this way. Okay, here's how people living in the kingdom of God that are seeing and experiencing the kingdom of God, here's, here's how, we, how we live. And Jesus says this in verse 37, where he says, let what you say simply, let what you say be simply, can y'all say this? Yes, and what's the next word? No. Yes or no, anything more than this comes from evil. I'm gonna read it again in verse 37. Let what you say be simply, yes or no. Don't be sometimes honest and sometimes not honest. It's just like, hey, look, we're not even playing that game. We're not even coming up with fake rules. We're not even saying, tr- coming up with rules on when it's okay to, like, to tell white lies, when it's okay to be dishonest, when it's okay to be a little bit deceitful, when it's okay to like, Ed, I didn't technically lie, right? You ever done that? I didn't technically lie. Like everything I said out of my mouth was true, but we know in our heart we led somebody to believe something that absolutely was not true. And this is exactly what Jesus was talking about. He's like, hey, look, let's not play that game. That's the Pharisee game. We're not playing the Pharisee game. The Pharisees are not happy. They're miserable people. The Pharisees, they're not um, inheriting the kingdom of God. They're not fully satisfied in Jesus. Let me give you something better. Just say yes or say no. It's that simple, right? So the big idea for tonight is just be honest. It's simple. Just be honest. Be honest with who you are. Be honest with what you want. Just be honest. Be honest with who you are. Be honest with what you want. See, and whenever we're not honest, we do what the Pharisees did. We manipulate. When we're not honest, we do what the Pharisees did. We manipulate. Right? I was even talking about this earlier, and uh, uh, I think the, the line earlier was like, I think most of us are like, yeah, I'm an honest, per- I'm an honest person most of the time. Right? Or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't lie that much. So it's, it's, it's the that much that I just want to be as helpful and loving as possible for us to explore um, together. So the big idea, just be honest with who you are and what you want. So the idea of, manip- uh, the definition of manipulation is this. It's distorting reality to get what you want. Distorting reality to get what you want. Whenever you think of a manipulative person, it's a person that distorts reality to get what, what that person, what he or she wants, right? And the reality is we live in a world filled with manipulation. Has anybody gone to Costco? Okay. Costco's amazing. You know what they give at Costco? Free, y'all know this, free samples. Okay, do you know why they give out free samples? So you can buy it. And not only if you buy that product, it's because if you, it's like the, psychologically, um, a free sample, and there's different reasons why, it just causes you to spend more money. 
So the free, it's an ironic thing. The free sample goes into your mouth and you give them your entire checking account. Like that's how that, that's how that works, right? Or even not even Costco, because some of you are like, Costco's a little bougie for me. I don't go to Costco, right? I go to Aldi, I go to Walmart, you know, wherever you may do your, Target actually has really reasonable prices too. Target, wherever you do your shopping, grocery shopping, every single grocery store, every, not Target groceries, not Target real stuff. All right, I'll figure disagreeing. Target groceries, not public. Public is expensive. Okay. Um, every single grocery store psychologically is manipulating you. And some of you know this and some of you don't. And the goal of grocery stores is, studies have been done, if a grocery store can get you to spend longer than 20 minutes inside of the store, you will spend more money. So what a grocery store is going to do is they're going to put a bunch of things, like when you walk in, it's a bunch of things that you don't need, right? It's like this most lavish like, chocolate thing, like in February, and you're like, do I need that chocolate? I don't know. And you see these things that you don't actually need, but now you're having, it's, it's causing you decision fatigue. So then you process it, and then you're like, okay, what am I here for? Okay, you can check your list. Okay, I'm here for the eggs. And then where do they put the eggs? In the back of the store, right? So then now, psychologically, because you already said no to the chocolate and you didn't splurge, but here's what we're going to do. You're going to see something else. And you're going to buy something else. And you're going to end up buying a lot of things that are on your list while you're at the grocery store, right? The entire thing. We live in a world filled with manipulation. And this is so normal because companies do this all the time, except they don't call it manipulation. What do they call it? Marketing and advertising and PR and sales, right? This is normal. And hey, look, let's be cool. If you're in marketing or advertising and sales, I don't need you to have an ethical issue with me right now. Like, it's okay. Your job's okay. I'm just, I just want us to raise awareness for what's normal in our world to create, to get money, to get sales, to get product, to project an image of what we want people to be. And there's an ethical way to do it, and there's an ethical way not to do it. And the unethical way to do it is we're calling it manipulation, is we are distorting truth. We are distorting reality to get what we want. Right? So um, let's be honest here, though. Um, I, re- I just discovered this song today. Um, I know. Uh, uh, have you ever guys he- heard the Taylor Swift song, Antihero, came out? Okay. I heard some whoops. Okay. Any, any Taylor Swift- Swifties? Okay. Some? Okay. I- I'm not a Swiftie, but my comment is neutral, not negative toward Taylor Swift. Okay. So, uh, so she, in the song Antihero, you have this, I, I love this line where she says, hey, it's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. You don't know that line? Okay, so, so when it, so she's basically, I love, it's like the most honest thing I've heard Taylor Swift say. Okay, so when, <laughs> there was a lot packed there. I don't have time to unpack all that. Okay, when it, uh, and I may have lost some trust currency. That's okay, come back with me. Okay, we're not having a conversation about Taylor Swift. I'm, I'm, I'm saying a positive thing. That's so true. Uh, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. When it comes to manipulation, it's not just what's happening, and I think she describes this so well. It's not what's happening around us. It's not just these PR firms, it's not sales teams, it's not people that are just incredibly manipulative toward us, although we know that's true. Let's be really honest here. The manipulation also happens inside here. It happens inside us. And the, the way that it does that is by saying, I'll get the line earlier, we're like, man, I don't lie that much, right? So, so what do we mean by that? Because all of us have a tendency, because of our brokenness, um, our sinful nature, to participate in manipulation. Every single one of us, myself included, all of us included, every hand raised here. All of us, because of our brokenness, because of our sinful nature, all of us have a tendency to be able to participate in manipulation that's not just happening around us, but it's happening in here, and it's dictating how now we're engaging and participating in the world around us. And here's why we participate in manipulation. I'm going to give us three reasons. The first reason is for approval, to be accepted. 
right? We present ourselves as strong. We present ourselves as smart. We present ourselves as wise, as funny, as responsible, as creative. Like we, we distort reality, right? Um, so people perceive us the way that we want people to perceive us. And whatever that trait is, really it comes ult- ultimately from how we view ourselves. So the manipulation is not just toward other people perceiving us. The manipulation could be how we see ourselves. And if we consider ourselves a strong person and how, how we view ourselves as a strong person, then we will never allow ourselves to be weak. And we will start manipulating reality within us, around us. We are never perceived as a weak person. We always, we're always strong. We never have issues. We never have problems, right? So uh, for approval is how, how are we uh, manipulating just the perception of ourselves and the perception of other people to us? And maybe I'll ask it this way. Um, when you're telling a story to someone, um, does who you're telling the story to dictate what details of the story you choose to omit? When you're telling a story to somebody, right? And it's the same story, and you tell three people. One version of the story, you're telling, you're telling it to this way. They get, you know, your best friend gets the full story, nothing omitted, right? And then you're talking to, like, your life group, and they get, like, half the story, <laughs> right? And then you're talking to, like, someone that you consider in leadership or your boss or somebody in leadership, and they get, like, 10% of the story, like, it just, it's like real vague. And so when you're telling a story, like what details are we, are, are we omitting? And is it possible that the reason that we're omitting details in the story that we share, is it possible because um, some of the details may impact how we think they may approve of us? So we'll shift the narrative, we'll distort reality in a way so, so we can keep the approval from other people still flowing our way, right? See, and the irony is that we want to be known, we want to be known and want to be known by others, but, but we end up hiding from others out of shame, out of judgment, out of fear. And whenever, sometimes we're aware and sometimes we're incredibly unaware that we're hiding our true selves. And in our unawareness, here's what we do. Uh, we overcommit, we overpromise, um, and we overcommit, we overpromise, and we overstate, right? Like, we'll just, um, we have to justify every answer that we say. Like, somebody will like, hey, do you want to eat my um, delicious chocolate cake? And you look at it, and it doesn't look that delicious. But what do you say? You're not going to say, that doesn't look that delicious. Here's what we're going to say. Oh, I'm kind of full, you know, but thank you. And and the reality is you're about to go eat, right? Or people are inviting you to go out to, people are inviting you to go somewhere, inviting you somewhere to go to the movies. And it's like a group of people that you're like, you really don't want to like spend time with. They're just not your vibe, not your scene. So what do you say? Oh, you know, I'm kind of tired. Oh, I, um, you know, I'm, um, you know, you come up with, with any reason. We're just, we're, we're distorting reality instead of just being honest with how we're feeling about things, right? Um, and, and with that, with people that, uh, that participate in manipulation of approval, we're constantly wondering what people think about us. With every interaction, it's exhausting. With every interaction that we have, we're like, okay, do they approve of me more or approve of me less? Did I earn it? Did I not? Did I lose, earn, did I, did I, like, lose approval? Okay, let me see if I can earn it now. Let me see if I can try harder, do more. Okay, I think I'm, I'm vibing that person. That will seem to be vibing back. Let me just try harder. Let me do more. Let me try to get their approval. Let me go out of my way. With every interaction, right, that's how we see ourselves. And what we end up doing is we hide our true selves and we perform to what we think people want from us. We're essentially putting on a character of what we think people want. Like, okay, they want the smart person? Cool, let me be the smart person. Okay, they want the country listening person? Cool, I'll listen to country music and pretend to like it. Okay. Um, I, got, <laughs> I um, if that's you, uh, 
uh, we end up hiding our, our, our true selves. And, and with that, with some of, but some of us, though, we see that, we see right through that. It's because some of us are incredibly discerning. And it, it's ironic because we can just see right through that and like we can just see somebody just projecting, somebody's performing. We can just see the inauthenticity um, and we can spot it instantly. And it's, it's almost ironic in that the, the approval that some of us crave so deeply whenever we're manipulating reality to become something that we're not, we end up um, um, not being accepted for the truest version of ourself, right? And the reason I know this, and I've said this before, is because this is my primary way to manipulate. It's not out of malice intent, but it's still, even that statement right there. See see how I qualified it? <laughs> Y'all see that? Y'all catch that? So this is how I prim- primarily manipulate, right? I just want people's approval, and it, it's difficult. If I don't know somebody, it's difficult for me to say what I'm actually thinking, because I don't know if my opinion is something that they, they like or not, and if I'm still trying to, like, earn it a little bit, I'm going to be real careful on what I say to see kind of like kind of where I stand because I don't want to give too much because then I want to try to keep people liking me like for for as long as possible. My, my biggest fear is rejection and like I've talked about this before a lot and um, this is the thorn in my flesh like I know this God's healed me God's working on me yet it's still something that I have to be aware of to continue moving forward All right, and it's difficult for me to just be honest with who I am and what I really want out of a fear of rejection or, or not being accepted. So I know it's not just me I know um, some of us in the room as well also manipulate out of approval. Okay number two. Uh, we, participate, we participate in manipulation for control. It's not approval, it's control. Um, I need things going according to my plan. We're going to control it. We're going to hold it, right? And we're going to, everything around me needs to act according to my plan. It's, it's not fun um, if, if I don't get my way. And, see, and we seek just to control everything, right? And we try. We, something's happening. We're like, oh, that's not according to plan. I need the corporate plan. And then we hold it, right? And then, um, and then it's not working. And then we start worrying. And we start getting anxious. So what happens? Tighter. Yep. I got some head nods. Yeah. Tighter. And then it's not working. And we can't control it. So then what do we do? It's tighter. And it's tighter. And this, this cycle of worry, the cycle of anxiety, the cycle of just trying to control things and things just seem out of control. We just try to grip harder to get things and to how we really want it. It just seems rampant um, in our lives and how we try to control and manipulate things, right? So maybe at work, your, uh, your coworker is up for, your coworker you hear is getting up for the promotion. Uh, but the promotion is the one that you wanted. So maybe, maybe not. You start like just talking a little bit more freely about what you know about this other person and why they may or may not be a good candidate for this position that they're going for. And that's just kind of how you're doing and seeing like, okay, maybe if they really know the true them, like they wouldn't be thinking that promotion. Do you know how hard I work? I work really hard. I should be getting the promotion here. So we're going to just slander our coworker in order to get what we want. Or the same way it happens to, to where somebody's interested in the person that we're interested in. And now we're now like this like the weird thing going on. So what do we do? Um, we will just start like, oh, they're actually not that great. Hey, I know you think they're great. They're not that great, right? And it just causes division. Why? Because we're trying to control the situation and we're trying to think, make things go according to plan, as well as we pressure others into doing what we want them to do. Why? Because that's part of our plan. It's not part of their plan. Who cares about their plan? It's all about my plan, and they need to do my plan. Number three. So we participate in manipulation, uh, number three, for comfort, right? So it's not, so if you're someone that manipulates for for comfort, (laughs) approval, you don't care. (laughs) Control, it's almost like the opposite. You're like, let other people stress, let other people worry. I'm free-flowing. 
I'm, go, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just going along for the ride. You know, people are saying the name of the restaurant. You're like, sure, like, I'll show up. Yeah, and you're, you just don't care. You don't need to really decide things. But here, um, but here's our, if we're, if when we participate in manipulation for comfort, um, our greatest nightmare, our greatest stress and demands is hard work and effort. So we will start, we find ourselves hopping from job to job. We find ourselves um, hopping from friend group to friend group to friend group. Uh, why? Because we don't want hard work. And the, just being in the same job for a long time requires hard work. Or being, going deeper than just a shallow relationship with people requires hard work. And we want to avoid hard work. So we're just going to keep going to comfort, comfort, comfort. We're going to keep skipping along, skipping through life. Things get hard. We're kind of out. We're doing this other thing, right? And that's how we live our life is for comfort to make things easy, right? Or maybe um, whenever, if we have a job, um, uh, we, like, we find the secret bathroom, right? Or the secret closet or the secret hiding place or just to try to like uh, clock in and then disappear, and then clock out and just make things really easy in that way uh, for comfort. So with manip- manipulation, again, distorting reality uh, to get what you want. It's distorting reality to get what you want. And maybe that looks like for your approval. Maybe that looks like for your control. Or maybe that looks like for your comfort. But why does any of this matter? Who cares? <laughs> Here, here's why this matters. And Jesus says it himself, where he says, anything more than this comes from evil. He's saying, hey, look, Whenever you're not being honest, when you're participating in manipulation, it's, e- it's evil. Because you know who really is the father of manipulation? Satan, the enemy, our adversary, right? He, he, Satan is the father of lies, Scripture says. So whenever we're just participating in distorting reality so freely, unchecked, not, e- not even a care in the world, like who cares? It's not that big of a deal. Um, whenever we're just living in that way, um, we're participating in the kingdom of darkness, And I think what Jesus wants to invite us into is to become aware to not participate in the kingdom of darkness, but just be honest. Just be honest. Just be honest with who you are. Be honest with what you want to be able to participate with him in the kingdom of light or the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Um, So the big idea, again, just be honest with who you are and what you want. Just say yes. We said it earlier. We can say yes. You can say no. You can say yes or you can say no. Um, one, of, one of the ways that this uh, plays out is like th- just thinking through commitment, like the things that we commit to and the things that we say yes to. And um, there's a narrative, especially for younger people, that I take offense at. I know I'm not young anymore, but I take offense when people are talking about the young people that are here in this room. Uh, and the narrative is, and you may have heard this before, that young people are flaky. You ever heard that? Young people are flaky? Okay, I don't think that's true. Here's what I think is true. It's not that young people are flaky. It's that young people have yet to learn um, when to say no to things. And learning when to say no to things allows your yes to be that much stronger, right? So I would love for us to practice. Here's an opportunity. And we don't like in our naivety just say, yeah, for sure, I'll do that. That sounds great. Without considering the cost, looking at our calendar, seeing how much time it'll take, see if we can actually follow through with that. So instead of just saying, yeah, for sure, said, hey, let me get back to you. I, I don't know yet. Let me check my calendar. Let me check what's going on. Because whenever I say yes to something, I want to fully commit and say yes to something. I don't want to. And I, so that means if that's true, then when opportunities come their way, when opportunities for honesty come their way, most of the time we're going to say no. Because we don't have the time. We don't have the money. We don't have the relational bandwidth. Uh, we, don't ha- we, we only have 168 hours in a week, right? 
So we need to say no to protect ourselves. That way, whenever we do say yes, we're fully honest with who we are, we're fully honest with what we want, and we're not allowing other people to start dictating our wants. We can be honest with ourselves and what we actually want and then say yes to those things um, that we actually want that, that bring us joy. All right, so here's what this looks like practically, is uh, four opportunities for honesty as we're wrapping up here. Four opportunities for honesty. Number one, is, or there's, it, they're not numbered, so I'll just, the first, the first one, <laughs> the first one, is that at work or at school, right? Where are there opportunities at work or at school, right? What does it look like for you to be honest with your coworkers, to say yes or to say no, right? What does it look like to be honest with who you really are? What does it look like to be honest with what you really, really want um, with your coworkers, right? Like with, with your boss, with your coworkers, with your, in, your, in your school, right? Maybe for some of us, we, we are, we've have been incredibly dishonest with how we go about our academics. And I think what Jesus is inviting us into and challenging us is to have a lot more um, um, academic integrity in how we're going about um, our schoolwork, right? And the same thing with work as well. Um, what, is, what does it look like for us to have honesty and just being fully honest with who we are and not feeling like we need to lie, not feeling like we need to deceive, not feeling like we need to manipulate um, reality in order to, um, um, to get what we want um, at work or at school? Next is at home and I know this is a big one for a lot of us, is just with our parents or with our roommates, and we've just been going on for a long time, and, be, and be, we're not fully honest because it's going to rock the boat and just make things difficult, so we just don't say anything. But then we notice, like, in our, in our hearts and in our souls, like, this, we're starting getting angry, but we can't be fully honest about it, and then we just let it fester. So what does it look like for us to be fully honest um, at, at, with our parents or with our roommates for whatever may be going on? Um, what about this one? Uh, church and Christian friends. Church and Christian friends. You're like, oh no. Y'all know church is definitely not a place to be honest, right? Y'all know this? <laughs> like, don't, like, don't bring your honesty in here. Sarcasm, right? But, but we feel that way, right? We feel like we can't be fully honest with what's going on. Um, we feel like we, we come in here and everyone just seems to, to have it together. So we feel like um, even whenever we come up to, come to the table, uh, maybe it's for the first time in a long time, and we're like, man, I just need a, f- I need, I need to, I'm just going to wait until I'm in a better spot for me just to go to the table, to go to church, to go to life group. Like my life's not great right now, so let me just go whenever I feel like I'm, I'm just doing better than what I'm doing right now. So whenever I go, I can present myself that I'm doing okay. And, and with that thinking, I think the enemy uses that to, to pr- keep us from community, to keep us from not being fully honest with what's going on um, in our life. I mean, I see this all the time, too, in uh, decision-making. So whenever I meet with some people and it's like, man, I have this huge decision of like where to work or like who to date or, um, or what city to move to or whatever it may be. And, uh, and it's like, man, I, I feel like God called me to do this, and I feel a lot of peace about it. And like, uh, it's almost presented as a, Isaac, I've already decided what I want to do. And by the way, God told me to do it, so how dare you tell me otherwise, because I feel peace about this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> how do I respond to that? Go do it. That's, that's on you, right? So like, well, this is similar to, to what the Pharisees were doing. And it, it sounds really spiritual. Like it does, right? It's like God told me. I heard directly from God. He wrote it on stone tablets. I just heard so directly. And this is not everybody. You know, most of you are like, I have asked Isaac, I have no idea what to do. And I'm like, great, let, let's process together, right? So however you may be, just being honest with where we are and who you are and who you are in Jesus with church or with your Christian friends. Or the same thing too, um, you know, we have um, life groups. We talk about life groups all the time. And, you know, and then people will invite you to life group. 
And some of us, what do we say? We say, oh, you know, yeah, I have to, yeah, I've checked my schedule. Um, yeah, no, my work schedule is kind of, kind of, kind of weird sometimes. Um, or, you know, I, I have like a family in town. I have other things going. J- just say no. <laughs> you don't want to be in a life group. Just say that. It's okay. Let's be honest. Let's, we keep playing this like really weird game to where we feel like we need to keep like being nice to not rock the boat or not being fully honest with what we want or whatever. Just be honest. We can process it. We can, we're okay. We're cool, right? Like I would love for here at the table, man, I would love for us to be such a like a shockingly honest place. Just shocking, like, whoa, you mean you can just be fully honest? Yes. You mean I can like be mad at God and say that? Yes. You mean I can be feeling anxiety and say that? Yes. You mean I can be feeling shame? Yes. And just say that? Yes. You mean I can say what I did last night and like share it with people? Like not publicly because that may be inappropriate, but privately I can be honest with what I did not last night and, don't feel, and I won't feel judged? Yes. Just be honest. Be honest with what's going on. Be honest how, what you're struggling with. Be honest with what you want. Be honest, like some, um, uh, just some of the desires we feel that we have, we feel like, man, I don't know like how to process that. I don't know what's going on. Just, just be honest. Being honest is the starting place for God to start healing us and redeeming us and restoring us. And whenever we start lying, whenever we start manipulating reality, there's no place for God to work. There's no place for God to come in to heal us, to, to heal our brokenness. We have to be fully honest with ourselves. And we, we choose a few people and we're fully honest, 100% fully honest with the few people that we trust. And then with, with that, there, um, there's levels of appropriateness in different settings. But with that, we know that we are fully honest with the people that know us well. And that way, when we're here at the table, we can just say, um, hey, how are you? And you don't have to lie and say you're fine. But you can say, I'm not doing okay. Um, thank you for checking in. I have people that I'm processing with, but I really appreciate you checking in. I don't have time, or it's last I'm walking in right now to the table. I'm ready to sing. I don't want to talk about it right now, but I'm not doing well, but thank you for asking. Just say that, or some version of that. That's okay. Y- y'all get what I'm saying? Just be honest, man. Um, this is the big, and the last, lastly, um, is with Jesus, man. We can just be, I've talked about this and kind of explained it already. We can be fully honest with Jesus. We can be fully honest in who we are with Jesus and our brokenness. We can be fully honest um, in what Jesus, how Jesus is healing us. We don't need to hold a single thing back when we're talking to Jesus. We can just be fully honest with who we are and the struggles that we have and how we're processing and what we want, right? You're like, God, I really want a spouse. You're like, man, but I feel like they keep talking about how it's a good thing to be single, but I'm not feeling that right now. God, I really want a spouse. Tell God that. That's okay. And let them process, let process that with you, right? Like, like we can just be fully honest with where we are and who, what we want, right? Um, as well as, as we're fully honest, we know that who we are in Jesus is that we don't need to try to get approval from people and distort reality to get approval from people. We can just be fully honest with who we are and Jesus approves us exactly as we are. We don't need to do a single thing to get his approval. We already have his approval. With the comfort that we seek, man, the, we, Jesus, he already gives us satisfaction and comfort and pleasure in him. And we don't need to be seeking and manipulating reality to try to find comfort in other places. And with control, right, we so desperately want things to go according to our plan. And we know that because of Jesus, we can let go of our plan. It's a process and it's hard and we're working on it and we're imperfect and that's okay. And we can let go of our plan and allow Jesus to guide us and to lead us as painful and as difficult as it may be, letting go of what we want and allowing him to come in and telling us how he wants to lead us and guide us. Man, I was, um, recently I was at a, a, a Christian gathering and 
Um, so I was there, and like it was happening, and people were on the platform, and their songs were singing, and people were speaking, and I was there, and I just had a lot of like weird feelings about it. And I'm like, okay, why do I, like, there's good things happening. Why am I feeling weird things about it? And I was like, okay, well, I think part of the reason I'm feeling weird feelings is because um, I'm on this journey of, of try, and I am perfect. I know I'm imperfect, but I'm on this journey of trying to be more sincere and more authentic in every setting where I am. And it seems like there's some inauthenticity happening. And I don't know how to process navigating the good things that are happening with the, inauth- the, the inauthentic things that are happening and insincerity, but I don't want to judge. It's just, I just know, I just, I'm just feeling weird about it. So, I, so um, in God's sovereignty, I had a counseling appointment that day, so I was able to process it with my counselor. And, uh, and what he said was so incredibly wise. He said, Isaac, yeah, I've, been with you for, I've been meeting with you for a while. Um, you are striving to be an honest, authentic person. And it's exhausting to be around people that are being inauthentic. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> so, and this is why I, um, I love the table so dearly because in our beauty and in our brokenness, and some of you are the most realest people I've ever met. And for others of us, we're, we're striving to become not just fake church nice. I'm on a journey to be, not to be fake church nice, but to be real and to be sincere. And if I can just be, and I love the table because I feel like we're here as a place where God just sees our brokenness and sees us to where um, he just wants us to be fully honest with him, fully honest with each other, right? And who we are and who we are in him and, and with each other and how the table is a place where we can just lay all that before him and we're loved and we're accepted. And not only that, is that we're a place to where we can just celebrate our, bro- not, um, we can, we can journey with each other in our brokenness to find healing in that. And we get to do that every Tuesday night, and we get to do that in life groups, and we can do that in one-on-ones, and we could do, that's such, that, that's what, um, we call ourselves a banquet for the broken, and that's exactly what we mean whenever we say that, is that we can just be honest with where we are, we don't have to pretend. We don't need to get approval from people. We can just say yes. We can say no. We don't need to manipulate the situation. And God comes in and heals us um, within that. So if, I can be, so if I can be honest, here's what I want for you. Um, I want you to be find the fullest satisfaction in Jesus. That is, there is no other aim. So whenever we talk about coming to the table every week, the only reason we're saying that is not to bolster my, um, validate me with your presence because you're here. Here's, why, here's what I want. I want you to find satisfaction in Jesus. And whenever you can start cultivating consistency, that's whenever I have such a strong um, conviction that the consistency in your life, um, God's going to use that in order to cultivate satisfaction in him. But it's not just being consistent, though. It's trying to do the deep work in you, which is why we have life groups where you can have way more, right? Table's amazing that we're sitting, in, we're, we can sing and it's great. And we can hear a message from the word. It's great. Um, life groups are incredible. Why? Because you have opportunities to be way more real with each other in circles. Not just rows, but in circles. And you can process what's going on. As well as um, um, in a, later we're going to talk about um, discipleship and ways to, ways to think through that in a, in a more um, a kind of a systematic way with blueprints, right? Why do we want you to do blueprints? It's, again, uh, we want you to be happy in Jesus. We want you to be satisfied in Jesus. And that's why we gather every single week is to encourage you to, that your heart is so filled with who Jesus is and what he's doing in your life. And that's why we're here every week. I love you guys. So here's how we're gonna, um, here's how we're gonna respond. Um, is we're gonna have, a, a, or here are the, before I do that, here are the life group questions here on the screen here. And then we'll show them, show them now. Number one is I want you to read Matthew 5, 33 through 37. 
Uh, the Pharisees you used loopholes when talking to people instead of being fully honest. Uh, what do loopholes look like today? Number two, um, is it is a partial truth the same as a lie? Why or why not? Is a partial truth the same as a lie? Why or why not? Number three, why are you tempted with manipulating to get what you want for approval, for control, or for comfort? Why are you tempted to manipulating to get what you want for approval, for, con- for control, or for comfort? Number four, where have you not honored a commitment? Why did you not honor the commitment? So we're going to have a prayer team that'll be up here in front. We're going to invite the band up to come, and we're just going to sing and stand and respond to process where in our lives um, do we not feel like we can be honest, and how is Jesus inviting us um, just to be honest with the different domains of our life, the different areas of our life. So over the band, I'll pray, and we'll, we can stand and sing. But we'll have a prayer team down here in front if you want prayer about honesty or about anything you may, may be going on. Father, we love you. God, I'm so thankful for you, for your son Jesus and for your spirit. God, I'm so thankful just for my table friends here. God, I just love that you've just gathered us and you've cultivated a place to your glory and for our good where we don't need to lie, we don't need to manipulate, we don't need to deceive, but we can seek truth in you, Jesus. God, Jesus, and as we're seeking you, you're calling us to find satisfaction in your Father. And glory to your Father. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.